The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top rated app and sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Body Bio, the home of Gut Plus. Get 20% off Gut Plus in any Body Bio product at bodybio.com with code RTRS20. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, and our friends at Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, on the verge of complete catastrophe, the one and four Sixers win back-to-back road games to improve to three and four, perhaps save Doc Rivers' job for the moment. We get a Tyrese Maxey 44-point explosion, plus the return of Matisse Thibel. Still pretty weird. Not, not without his flaws, but won a couple of games. Speaking of weird, the only team whose coach is being roasted in a diss track online is the Sixers. The, the author of that diss track, Prez Carter, will join us to talk to us about his Doc Rivers song, which now has 600,000 views on YouTube or on uh, Twitter. It's great. Cannot wait. Uh, I did mention kinetic skateboarding. Now is the time. I was I was just running before the pod. The uh, the leaves are all over the place. Fall is here. The home of fall is kinetic skateboarding. You need new jeans. You need new sneakers. You need hoodies. You maybe want to get your snowboard all tuned up as winter is approaching. Kinetic skateboarding is where you got to go. And you don't have to be a skateboarder or a snowboarder. I sure am not. I love the gear anyway. KineticSkateboarding.com. They're right down there on uh, Route 202 if you want to visit in person. But if you go to KineticSkateboarding.com and you use code Dave Silver, you get 9.1% off your first order. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has big talent, but takes tiny sips. That is one Mike Levin. Morning, Mike. Good morning. Season has begun. Yes. Phillies in the World Series. Split on the road again. Eagles got the Steelers today. I'm just doing a little roundup. Just a little roundup first. <laughs> well, we have Coach Mike, Vegas Mike, and now Sports Mike. Well, yeah, you want to like you know on the on the sevens every hour. I would like <laughs> to give a little update on what's going on. Uh, I do feel weird about this Eagle Steelers game for some reason. Maybe it's just because I can't. Well, they've been off of them being this good. Yeah, and the long. Eagle after. I mean, it was bye week last week, right? So yeah. you sort of lose the 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 feeling of whatever was going to happen every week. I think it's probably a little bit of it. So, and there's so much going on. Normally, uh, normally there's not this much Philadelphia sports. It's meaningful a lot. going on. So much of it. it's yeah. taking up so much of my like a uh, 
like the target share of Philadelphia <laughs> sports in my life right now is very high. Right, right. Very high right now. Yeah. Very high. Yeah. So we're excited to have Prez Carter come on later on, especially um, now with, uh, with Doc Rivers winning a couple of games and the wave of fire Doc maybe calming down a little bit. No, That's, not I, at all. <laughs> Weber, Weber texted me during the game, fire Doc. I, even I, the game that they won. By the way, I randomly saw... Uh, Mike Weber, the, uh, the, 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 what's it called? The Spike Lee of the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast on the street in New York City, wow. having lunch with a guy who I was like, is he having lunch with Tim Roth? Guy looked like Tim Roth. Turns out it wasn't Tim Roth. Anyway, um, here we go. So Sixers win, win. I, I thought the win against the Raptors was entirely predictable with, with yeah. Embiid being out. That is yeah. the sort of thing that happens almost every time. So, Sixers beat the Raptors behind just a fucking heater from Maxi, a a predictable heater as Maxi will definitely at this point thrive with Embiid out because the, the team will move faster. And then the Sixers hang on to beat the Bulls. Honestly, watching that game this morning, I have no idea how they ended up winning that game uh, the way they played in the second half. But so some good things to take from this, some some developments, you know, the, the, uh, I thought the offense between Embiid and Harden specifically in the first half of the Bulls game looked more cohesive than it has all year for a longer stretch of time. You know, um, I thought the, the way that D'Anthony Melton has played, who ended up starting in Embiid's place, sort of, uh, D'Anthony Melton is, is certainly, I think at this point, everything that we had hoped he would be, you know, I, I see Back him at- yeah, yeah, backup center. <laughs> See him at twenty-two minutes, hoping thirty. Um, I don't know. Uh, George Niang, like, like looks like he's improved actually, like physically, um, and is a is a hardened player through and through. Certainly a regular season hardened player. I don't know. I uh, I don't know how to feel. I don't feel entirely better after the two wins, but I do feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yes. I've two road wins against two. You know. Probably the Bulls playoff teams. Um, one without Embiid always feels good. It's just you know, starting zero and three was was bleak, and they're three and four, and it's fine. And it's it is one of those things where it's amazing how quickly we're going to forget the start. We're going to forget Embiid looking bad at the beginning of the year. He's, he looked he looked bad at the beginning of last year. It's a long season, and I know that. Look, I'm down for fire doc chance at any point, <laughs> um, but it it is a long season, and it's probably going to be fine. And the Jazz are five and two, and you know, fucking the Warriors lost to the Hornets. Like it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird season. It's a long season, and we when it's it, especially with the Eagles and Phillies looking as good as they do. It's okay to be a little patient. It's okay to be a little bit like let's just give it some time. Let's not well, freak the fuck out quite yet. I, th- I think it was okay. I I think uh, they they looked so disinterested was the thing that bothered me. Totally, and, which we haven't seen, which we have certainly seen before. Right, and and to me the 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 combination of how disinterested they looked with generally how physically slow they are made it look really, really bad. And I, you know, I don't think either of us really thought, I did ask during the last pod, what if they do actually suck? I don't think either of us, I certainly didn't think that it it was possible that they sucked, but I do, I did think the raising the flag of, 
hey, this team is missing some things we didn't think about. And hey, their interest level, especially coming into such an important season for the best players on the team. I thought it was worth raising a warning flag over, actually. Yeah, for sure. And they still look wrong. Like, yes. let's let's make it clear. Like, they have cleaned up transition defense a little bit, like mm-hmm. in, the, in the Bulls and Raptors. Like, I think the Bulls only had like four transition points yesterday or fast break points. And the Raptors, they, they tied them in that game. Um, I don't know if you saw, but their pace is now no longer last in the league. It's second to last. So no, there you go. Brief uh-huh. little baby steps. Uh, celebration for that. Yep. Um, they definitely don't look quite right. There's still too many guys like at open looks or like, you know, a nice little jaunt right to the basket. But I think MB looked way better on both ends yesterday. Um, Melton does rule. I'm so happy that he's he had a tough first couple games just like settling in, but he's exactly the, the guy I want him to be. I love them so much. Um, they just, yeah, there's too much off-ball miscommunication, really, is what it is. On both sides. On both sides, I think. Uh, yeah. Defensively and offensively, right? Yeah, I mean, especially, especially defensively, I think, is, is the main issue uh, more so. Um, there's just Harden and Tobias. You know, Maxie's just overmatched because he's small. But Harden and Tobias especially are, are two of the worst ball watchers I've ever seen in my life in an NBA game. They're just going to turn their whole head, half help, and not be in the right place. And then all of a sudden, Alex Caruso is back cutting right behind Harden, and he's like confused by it. Or Tobias is going to turn and look, and his and Zach Levine's gone. Like it's just, it's very frustrating. I don't know how you like coach that out of them, but like both of them are very guilty of it all the time. Well, I'm going to keep banging this drum. I know you're just going to say it doesn't matter. Melton should start over Harris. It just he he will. It does matter. Like I. I think he fits in every way better than Tobias Harris in the starting lineup, even though he's small. I, I just, comparatively, I just, I think the, if you're going to, the Tobias Harris thing, like, is just, I, I just don't think is long for this world if they're going to be a contender. And I, I, I just think they'd look so much better with Melton in the starting lineup and finding a way to get that guy 32 minutes a game rather than 20 minutes a game. I think starting him is a, a window to doing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't care about the starting situation. I'd rather, my, my bigger thing is getting Melton into the game more and having Harden not on the court as much uh, so that he can be A, rested, he's old as shit, and be like, you know, better defensive players in there. Let, let's just like, look, I've, I have for years, I've been, I've called out Tobias as like indecision and, and slowness and all that stuff. He is shooting a career high by a mile threes per like per game per 36 minutes per 100 possessions like by a lot and he's shooting over 40 percent right now um so we have to give him credit for that because he's doing the thing that we've asked him to do obviously like if you put it in context of expectations for his contract of course not what you would look for for a guy you're paying you know fucking half a country's gdp they just need like another defensive disruptive player for sure. but, but tobias on ball defense is perfectly fine it's off ball that he that he just loses this guy and that's the that's the issue situation <laughs> yeah it's, it's part of it for but, sure and with which makes it worse with harden also and it's just two two guys that Embiid has to then like you know watch out for when they when their neck starts to get like looky loo they start Embiid has to be like all right i'm gonna have to clean this mistake up again Let me- um but I, I but i will say like harden defensively I, I, i've been thinking about harden like watching him offensively it's really like watching let's say current or like over the last couple years, Tom Brady in the sense that he's just like, 
taking what the defense gives you and just being like, if you if you make this choice, I'm gonna make this choice. If you if if you follow the roller, then I'm gonna kick it to the corner. He's just like simple shit, like in the right position. But it's also like what Tom Brady would look like if Tom Brady was asked to play defense. Right. And it's just like, ah, that's tough. <laughs> well, uh, that's very tough. And he's also not as mobile, all, all that stuff. But it just feels like it is, there's, it is special to watch Harden do what he's good at and frustrating to watch him do what he's either never been good at or no longer good at. So here's my, my that I serve a bigger question. Looking at, and, and by the way, Maxi shooting the way that he shot, I mean, oh. th- that against Toronto, that's certainly part of the explosion, right? But you, you watch the, just such a, an interesting comparison to watching Maxi versus Toronto and then watching Maxi versus uh, Chicago, yeah. where he, he did hit a couple of buckets where they needed him in the mm-hmm. second half, I thought, uh, but sort of looked out of sorts. And, and Harden and, and Embiid, who play, both play incredibly slowly and Maxi, who is at his best when he's playing fast and then sort of combining it with Harden after those. So after those top, those first two games, here's, here's what Harden has scored. And I'm not saying he hasn't played well. I, I do think he's played pretty well, but his point totals 12, 29, 18, 11, and 15 fewest drives of his career, fewest three free throw attempts in the last, 10 years. He's before last night, he was at 5.5. Now he's at 6.3, right? Um, most mid range jumpers of his career, or at least in the last decade. And I, I'm just thinking about how this, and I know there's time for it to happen, but how it plays out is, is it possible? Like, is there a world in which we are maximizing Tyrese Maxey offensively with these other two players being hardened and Embiid, because all that is to say, to get back to the Harden thing, I know this is all we really wanted from him. Can he distribute, blah, blah, blah. But I think it, w- the other thing that's clear is like, he can't get to the rim. And in the playoffs, we are going to need somebody to do that. And like, it's going to have to be Maxi. And is Maxi going to be able to do what he does the best with Harden and Embiid? It's a long question, but it's sort of what I've been thinking about. Well, I, I think that the, the, the task for the whole season is to figure out how to develop an ecosystem where, and we'll have uh, Doc Rivers' diss track guy on later to determine whether or not Doc is capable of this. About 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Press Carter. But to, an ecosystem where Maxi Harden and Embiid can thrive together. And where it doesn't feel like it's the, it's the very disjointed Harden is doing his thing and now yeah. it's time for Embiid and now it's time for Maxi Because Harden obviously is very slow in the half court, but he also is one of the best hit-ahead passers yeah. in the league. He had a really nice one. I think it was to Tobias yesterday. Um, that was awesome to see. I love that. Like anything where you can get easy looks like that, that which they didn't get last year at all, is great to see with, with Harden opening Absolutely. those things up. Um. It's just like Harden running pick and rolls. Yes, absolutely. All day. Give it to him. He can't like he had a step on Derek Jones Jr. yesterday and Alex Caruso had to step up and then Harden had a nice little bounce pass to Harrell for a, a dunk inside. Like those kinds of things. He can he can turn a corner with a with some help. Like it's 
gone are the days where it's like, oh, get Clint Capella out of here because Harden should just be ISOing by himself. Like that, it shouldn't be the case anymore. He is not that guy no longer. He's older. He's slower. He doesn't have enough burst to to do that. And we don't want to do that because we have Embiid and we have Maxi. Like it's just not an effective way to run an offense either now. Maybe the numbers bear that out, but definitely not in the playoffs. And so just get me to a situation where he can run pick and rolls and Maxi can be counted on to get to the rim to, to get paint touches where the defense has to start rotating and stuff. And then good things can happen out of that. Um, so it's, I think that the, over the course of the season, because of how good Maxi is, and it's, we should ta- spend more time talking about it because it's insane. Um, that game against Toronto was just unbelievable how good he was, how <laughs> it's amazing how, how good of a shooter he's become. It's insane. And just like touch inside and the floaters and like going to his right and finishing over around people. Like, well, the finishing, he, uh, honestly, as much as the shooting, the finishing inside was not yeah. something he really had. He was like Mr. Floatery guy, but he's mm-hmm. not, he has that layup high off the glass, yeah. which is almost seems impossible every time he does it. Um, I mean, he's the most dynamic finisher that the Sixers have had since Iverson. Like yeah, as a, I think that's With the ball pretty, in his hands. Pretty like obvious, 100%. Yeah. He, he's unbelievable. He's so special. And all the quotes after the game, like Tobias, Tobias said something like, like, I thank God every time I share the court with him. Or like, <laughs> like he's like, my wife wants me to protect him. Like it's, it's and Matisse had another nice thing to say. It's like, he's a really special kid, a special player. And, and, I'm so happy he's here and they need to continue empowering him to, you know, he's not going to score 44 a night. He's not going to score 44 on nights that Joel's there, but he needs to be a bigger part of the offense all the time. Yeah. And it can't be times when he just like fully disappears because Harden is doing his thing now, like because he's capable of shooting off the catch there when Harden's running pick and roll, he's helpful there. He's not like he's just standing in the He's not a spot. zero there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, but I, I, would, I would like to see few, fewer hardened minutes, absolutely. Fewer hardened ISOs, 100%. And when we're using Harden, it's in pick and roll, you know, get the defense rotating, that kind of thing. Because, you know, it, it's futile to ask Harden to be like, hey, can you shoot off the catch regularly and become comfortable doing that? Because he just doesn't like doing it. And the idea of him like moving around off ball is also like, it just... He's basically not in the same way, but the the stubbornness of Harden. Even though, like, his, I'm fascinated by his mid range development this year. I'm fat. I'm truly like it is unlike anything. I know people are talking about it, and maybe rightfully so. Is like indication of oh, maybe he just can't get to the basket anymore, which is partially true. But also, he's I think comfortable taking those shots, and he looks good taking those shots in mid range. Yeah, so I, it's, just, it's, just I, an, it's an interesting thing. But like, he's stubborn. He's stubborn as far as moving off ball goes. And, um, and I just want to like allow, know, know that that's going to happen and allow Maxi to, to operate a little bit more. Yeah. I have a, a comparison to make, uh, with those two, um, before I do big Barker dog beds, big Barker therapeutic dog beds. Do you have a bed for your dog? You got a dog, right? You have a bed for your dog. Take a look at it. Take a real look when your dog lays on it, sort of sink down to the floor. looks fluffy, right? But but definitely not supportive. Big Barker dog beds are supportive. They are made specifically to keep your dog healthier. Dog spends a lot of time sleeping. 
if it's not laying, if your dog is not laying on something that is supportive, like a big barker is, the onset of arthritis, the creaky joints, that sort of stuff, which happens to us, obviously, it happens to dogs as well, will happen quicker, will happen more severely. Big barker dog beds proven by PenVet in a study to prevent those things from happening. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Rebel sleeps on a big barker. Donovan sleeps on a big barker. You go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Not only do you get the big barker, but you get two free process pup patches that you can put on the big barker. Um, and then you send us a photo of your dog on the big barker and we put them in the process pup gallery. It is true that uh, as a dog ages, the joints get creakier, arthritis develops. It is important that you give your dog every chance to be healthy and every chance to be happy. That only happens from a bed standpoint with a big barker. And it's beautiful to look at. I mean, it doesn't look like junk. It really looks like furniture. It'll look good in whatever room you have. Different colors, different sizes, all that. 10-year warranty. The foam does not flatten or they replace it for free. One-year at-home trial. If you don't like it, they'll give you a full refund. They'll even pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. Um, so I'm thinking about uh, uh, Harden and Maxi and 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 Bede, and you're talking about it can't just be your turn, my turn, your turn. There's really not enough possessions for that even to happen in a game for three players who need the ball that much to be your turn, my turning. So I'm trying to think like what these roles should be, and and I'm just thinking about like the what Chris Paul is like and then what Devin Booker is like and how Booker is able to thrive offensively even with such a ball-dominant point guard like Chris Paul. And and I think Harden has done a good job in adjusting his game to become, he's always a great passer, but but more of a distributor, right? And and that, and even with the, even with the, the mid-range is sort of like Chris Paul-esque. I really just, if I think part of it is him ticking his brain that way another notch in terms of both um, in terms of both what he wants to do with the ball, but also the speed at which he does it. And I just think like when, when it's a hardened possession, they just need to get into things more quickly and his brain needs to get into who am I getting off right now? And Maxi needs to be one of those players. And I think when I think about backcourt mates that are able to do that, Paul and Booker are, are one of them. And I just, I really think like as much as Maxi has evolved, his brain as a scorer just has to get there more. Like he, he, his responsibility, the team has to lean on him that way, because I think the only way they really have a chance in the playoffs is if, is if he is a, a primary option in that way. Well, I think the mentioning Paul and Booker, the thing that they do for Booker is they run him off screens a lot. Yeah, off ball, and because they don't, because Aiton is such like a you know they're they're giving so few post touches to Aiton, like a couple, but not not nearly as much as Embiid gets, and and deservedly so. But Aiton is such a classic like screen and roll big man that there's nobody in the way of that. Like he's happy to set off ball screens. I would love for them to set more off ball screens. I, th- I think the offense is a little bit, especially with Embiid out there. It's like guy in the corner, guy in the corner, Embiid and. Uh, and beat in the middle or either at the high post or at the low block and then or setting a screen and then Harden and Maxi like kind of taking turns up top and I would love if it's 
just a little bit more movement to to get some mm-hmm. actions happening. And and Maxi has become a good enough shooter. We're running him around screen. Like and they don't have they don't have anybody that does that right now. Cause like, you know, the only one that's the only person that you could consider a movement shooter on this team is Corkmaz and he's not playing. Um and so I would love a little bit more when when Harden has the ball, rather than Maxi standing there, can we like open up sets for him to come come off a screen and then people will because he's shooting so well from three, all of a sudden people have to switch off ball and then Embiid or Tobias or whoever who's screening for him. This is Coach Mike's segment, by the way. Yes. Um, then we, all of a sudden somebody's rolling to the rim and then there's more stuff for Harden to pick apart and he can like, you know, not just on ball stuff for Harden to to dice him up, but also off ball. I think it would like help a little bit. And it seems like some of the offensive stagnation is just Harden holding the ball, kind of wondering if something's going to happen and then just like draining the shot clock from there. And it's like, if we can... If we can have some more actions happening, then I feel like we should. But, you know, maybe that's a doc thing. Coach Mike is a keeper, by the way. And here's my my question to you as, as Prez Carter will join us in, in moments t- to talk about his diss track. And CJ, I want to play it right before we, uh, we bring him on. So just as an, an FYI, uh, would you consider allowing either video or audio recording on you specifically for an entire game as you're coaching mm. so we can get that audio well <laughs> i could yeah i could maybe wear a or like a I'll, lav mic or something well can i i can i if i had a, a video guy could i have him just film you the entire time well i no? wear a master during the uh, game so it might not be super uh, uh useful video there but mm. we could get we could get a couple pictures up um yes we can we can discuss it. We can see would, how it goes. And I'm do, yeah, do me muttering to myself, but I I'm very encouraging. I and I want to be encouraging, and it is a it is a situation where I'm intent on being encouraging and not <laughs> not any uh, you know. This every, well, we're all nobody's a pro except for like, me. I'm a pro, but nobody nobody <laughs> is turning pro. Well, I mean, just like Doc did, I think if you're being recorded, you got to give us a little, like you would have to go yeah, after. Yeah. No, I would. I would. And I would mutter. I would mutter things about the refs, I'm sure. <laughs> For sure. Oh man, I would really love that. Um, the we, we have seen the return of Matisse Thibel in the last two games, you know, having Embiid on the bench, I think created extra minutes, obviously, mm-hmm. for him to play. Um, they've been uneven, but there have been good moments for, and I'm not a Thibel believer. I think I've made that very clear, but it is nice to see someone on the court who isn't so fucking slow. Yeah, and I, yes, defensively, this that's their issue right now. And I don't think it will always be, but just having someone that can, that you have to account for in the defensive end. Like you see Melton over the last few games has gotten so many steals, has intercepted a bunch of passes in passing lanes as like, you know, he's fast enough and long enough to like dig in. He's fast enough to help off ball and recover back to his guy, which which so is Matisse. And having both of those guys out there, sometimes at the same time, sometimes separate, is just deeply necessary for a team that is just letting guys sit wide open too much. So I Matisse hasn't been, you know, He's gonna work his way into there. I, th- I was glad he hit a couple threes. I was glad it was cool to see the bench celebrate so much and Embiid yeah. be pumped for him. And like there was one time where he passed up that open three when he first got in there, and you see Shake on the bench like stomp his foot, pissed off. I don't know if you saw that, but like Shake was like furious that Matisse passed that up. And it seems like the team like and Maxi's talked about it after the game too. 
they like know how hard he works. They know how hard he's like taking it seriously. They know how hard he's taking shooting these shots. And, you know, he's got to take them. I don't really give a shit if they don't go in or not. He's got to take them. And, uh, and he's, cause he's extremely helpful on the defensive end, even if he's not like a defensive player of the year candidate because of he's not good enough one-on-one, but like as a, as a help person, a disruptor. Especially the zone. Yeah, yeah. He's really necessary on this team. So we have a, a huge guest. I mean, so excited to have him on. You, you wake up, I don't remember which day it was, a couple days ago, and I got tagged in, maybe it was Thursday morning or Friday morning, tagged by a bunch of people into to, to watching this video. Colby Kolb, formerly of Power 99, tagged me in it. And uh, I went to, it was a, a video of a, a diss track, a hip hop song written about the Sixers coach, Doc Rivers, by a gentleman who goes by Prez Carter. And before we bring Prez, we're lucky enough to have, have Prez join us. This is so amazing. But the, the song, unlike the, the, the Jordan Sam's, uh, Mike Levin, uh, Lou Williams rap song years ago, which did oh, exist. No. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not something I've thought about in a long time. Yeah. By the way, just shout out Jordan Sam's Houston Astros, but uh, uh, quit the blog to work out. But but this song, the Doc River song, actually good. So before we bring Prez on, we're going to play the hit. It's about two minutes. Has the video as well. Please enjoy. Um, wait, what? I had the the name of the song. I forgot the name of the song. It is. Hold on, hold on, hold it's on. Great, it's a great title. Yeah. Uh, uh, coaches become sales reps. <laughs> all right. Here we go. You had him beat it hard and you ain't win it all. I swear to God, this dude's a fraud. Anybody want to coach the Sixers taking calls? A real coach wouldn't have Harden beating for calls. Just another year that you underachieve. It's time to pack your bags. The whole city wants you to leave. Maury make the call. I want all his duties relieved. Said duo players coach. I don't know what to believe. Top 15 all time. Yeah, that list was kept. You don't make adjustments, you don't know how to adapt. Always stuck up in your ways, your fam gon' need a map. But if I say another word, then my phone will be tapped. How you compare yourself to Greg Popovich? At this point, you and him are polar opposites. The lead you blew inside the bubbles considered a crime. He won with young Kawhi, you lost with Kawhi in his prime. Live City Clippers led by CP3. You the reason they call Paul George Pandemic P. KG Paul Pierce, Rondo, Ray Allen, and you got one ring to show for all that talent. I can't believe this shit, nigga. Another one lost. I'm sick to my stomach. Now I see why Benny wanna play for you. You should thank that Celtic super team for saving you. You ain't bring up Rita Bass, you only go with vets. At this point, I'd rather roll with Brett. Raspy-ass voice sound like a neutral bullet. I tweeted not to hire you because I knew you couldn't. Get us where we needed two more wasted seasons. Smoking on Doc Rivers' pack, it got me wheezing. Phil Jackson even said that you knew how to lose. Watching you coach is like a joke, but we are not amused. You to go to blow and lead, you crushed our hopes and dreams. Now the fan base of our rivals out here posting memes. The process lost my trust in that you got the job. Five years, 40 million. Daryl got us robbed. I pray we find this peace after this brutal loss. But we still grieving from the time you folded to the Hawks. I'm just speaking facts, don't mean to disrespect. But as a fan, these are issues that I can't neglect. I thank you for your time and everything you've done. 
There's too many times you lost when you should have won. Wow. I can't believe. Wow. Incredible. We welcome to the podcast for the first time ever, Prez Carter. Welcome, friend. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. I mean, Can y'all hear me good? Is my mic yeah, good yeah, we hear you. Do you hear us? You hear us? All right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, who puts Nutribullet in a diss track? <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. So you could, I think everyone, everyone could feel your pain. So you are a Sixers fan, yeah? Oh, yeah. I was at the draft when we drafted Embiid. I was in Brooklyn with like five of my friends. I got receipts and everything. I was there. <laughs> And you had was, the receipts on your tweet for Doc Rivers as well. Yeah, I was watching when we was going 10 and 72. That was some entertaining basketball, too. Yes, like, sir. It was the, good. Uh, like, I, I really like that. The Nutribullet thing is great. And then later in there, you're like, I don't mean any disrespect. But like a little <laughs> bit, you do. <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Nah, I'm going to be honest. I t- I, 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 you know, if there's any bar I take back, was that one. I should have left that one out. I could have did. I should have kept it basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like keep it basketball. You know, talk about the man personally, but whatever. So uh, he's fine. He's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing great. So, so how does it? I I think the first thing is, and I was I was doing some like recon on you, and you had a a full length come out in uh, a few years ago in 2019. So you've been around. You've been doing this. How Mm. is it to like wake up in the morning and see? something like this like all of a sudden actually blowing up like what was that process like so it was like crazy because like i done dropped some pretty solid music to be honest and um it never really got any attention and then um i had actually recorded the song april last year so it was before the playoffs so i had anticipated we would have like an epic collapse in the playoffs <laughs> like we would blow if we won't leave Y'all laughing. I'm dead serious. <laughs> so I started writing it out. I'm like, yo, there's no way. So, and then um, Harden played like shit and then it B got hurt. So I was like, it ain't really Doc. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't really Doc at the time. Um, so it didn't feel like it was the right time. So I was sitting on it and I was like, if something happened, I'll drop it. So we started one and four. I was like, yo, I think I'm going to just drop the shit, but I got to make a Cause I was going to shoot a music video outside the Fargo, but, um, I didn't have time. So I just put that little edit together in like one night. That's nice. And then, yeah, thanks. So then, uh, I had like 10 retweets and like 20 or yeah, 10 retweets, 20 likes. And then on like Thursday and then, uh, somebody with like 9,000 followers ended up just like sharing it. And then from there it was just because I was actually waiting for the Raptors game or his next loss. And I was just going to like reply tweet it under things, but then it just did it on its own. And I was like, oh, this is solid. I don't got to do nothing anymore. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> well, I got to get it in front of somebody like Shannon Sharp or something. But, you know, it, 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 you know, you got to get once you get fired, it gets close to it. I think it'll pick up more traction, too. All right. So you've had, you've thought Doc was a fraud for a long time. Uh, yeah, I had the tweet in there to show you it. the tweet I in there. Want, you, got, you showed, it, you showed want, the receipt. That's what I'm saying. That was, I did not want him getting hired. What, what is it about? Him, like coaching wise, that feels like especially gets to you. Uh, probably just the fact that, like, you know, maybe not him specifically, but I think when you're trying to win a championship, you got to bring a new style of basketball to the team. And people get so caught up trying to bring coaches that never achieved. Now, I'm not a Dan Tony guy either. Um, 
And if you look at like the past five to 10 years, it's always a new coach who takes the team to the next level. Somebody who brings something new to the table. Steve Kerr got people chasing Steph around a bunch of illegal screens for 48 minutes. That's a new style of basketball. The refs ain't seeing it. It, 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 you know, Draymond just out there setting screens. Um, Nick Nurse, he was not on a candidate list. Nobody was like, oh, we got to go get Nick Nurse. Like, I just think that you, you you show what you can as a coach. We've seen it. And then that's it. And then, you you know, you can go coach the Kings or something and get them out of poverty. But you can't actually take a contender when you got to go against a real contending team. You're going to fold every time. If we haven't seen you, and the only time you did it was when you had some of the best talent in the world all on the same team. So right now, it, the offense looks stagnant, though. I don't really like – it doesn't seem like the ball moves a lot. Uh, I didn't like that Maxi dropped 44 with Joel out. I feel like he can drop 44 with Joel there. I feel like you got – like, I don't know why it has to happen when he's off the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like just move the ball around. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, just, and that's the like stubbornness of Doc of being like, well, this is the order of things. Like this is right, how you do it. It's like a call sheet. And he's like, well, number one, this. And, and right. maybe that's why players like playing for him, but it's definitely not like a, anything fresh, like you said. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I I tweeted this and, and you responded to it. I just wanted you to 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 talk about it if you could. Yeah. With this with with the size of the with how big this has gotten on the internet, it is almost impossible that the Sixers players have not heard it and shared it in some sort of group chat and are thinking about it when they see him at, at first, like, like what, what goes through your mind when you're thinking about the fact that at somewhere Joel Embiid is like, even if he loves doc is listening to this song, like laughing his ass off somewhere. Yeah. Joel's a troll. So like, I feel like, he is, this is right up his alley. I feel like he probably bumping this shit on the way to practice and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's, it is dope. Like, I feel like hard. I feel like they all heard it. And it's crazy because there was a couple people, like the uh, Cuffs the Legend, he actually shared it. And he's followed by KD and LeBron. So I was like, if LeBron seen this, bro, it's, it's up. <laughs> if LeBron seen this, it's up. I hope Kawhi saw it because I, I know he felt that. I know Kawhi felt that. <laughs> What uh, what do you think about like is Sam Cassell too close to him for you to feel like that's the guy that should come in after, or do you I, feel like there's some freshness there? I used to think that, but Ty Lue was under Doc. Yeah, and Ty Lue was doing his thing, so yeah. I, that I, I'm gonna kill that narrative now because Ty Lue is Ty, Ty Lue is he he took the Clippers to the conference finals with just Paul George. Paul George is a dog, but you know. They had just Paul George with some dogs. Kawhi up until the semis, but so uh, you know when people sometimes when people get famous, like they need a thing, right? Like uh, this guy's yeah. this guy. That, so I went onto your Spotify and there's a song about called Ime Udoka, and I'm I'm wondering if you're like what you think about uh, Prez Carter getting really hitting as like the guy that writes songs about NBA coaches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get too caught up in that. That's the last time I'm doing it. Cause I don't okay. want that to be my whole brand. You know what I'm saying? Cause that, once right. you, once that's your brand, you can't really, you know, people are not going to take you serious. Yeah. And I actually got some, like um, some dope music that I'm recording next week. That's actually like real, 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 like conscious rap. Um, that was just a time where I was, email Udoka was actually, um, what can we talk about? Can we curse on this and like yes, talk about anything? 
Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so I'm a New Jersey resident at the moment. So, um, you know, they passed rec- recreational cannabis recently. And the Ime Udoka song, I, it was like a Sunday morning and I was just a little, you know, you know. <laughs> recreational. And I, yeah. yeah, I was just listening to some beats and I was like, oh, I feel, I'm on some plays. I'm on some, and then it just came to me. But it's like the most unserious song ever. But okay. yeah. Um, well, there's, only, when you, there's only so many coaches you could get fired also. So yeah. it's, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to expand. They're doing it to themselves, man. I'm not doing nothing. Ime Udoka made his decisions on his own too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> it would be funny if somewhere um Maury and Elton Brand and Josh Harris are all sitting in a room and they're like, We're fine with Doc. And then they put the song on and they go, You know, he does have some points. He makes he, some good points. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nah. You know what's crazy? I didn't I forgot. Uh I apologize to Daryl Maury because he actually came on after he signed the contract. So that's right. Daryl, yeah. I'm sorry I'm missing your name. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um uh, Maury was probably like See, this is what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Like he probably was feeling the whole. You know what I'm saying? Ellen Brand. You know what I'm saying? Ellen Brand. Lucky he didn't get it too, because I had some beef with him. Too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Horford and Josh Richardson. BS man. He lucky I left his name out of it. He almost Josh Harris almost got thrown thrown in that John too. Man, there was a couple of them that almost caught caught smoke too. But, you know, it was a lucky day when I went or when I was writing. Big time. What? Well, uh, the the thing that gets me, there's a lot of things about Doc because he's been around a long time, coached a bunch of teams with a bunch of a lot of expectations, and so he's been on a lot of national TV games forever. And now he's here, and there's like some Doc antics and isms and stuff that that you're like, what you just get you start to bother you, and the way he walks onto the court after a timeout just really bothers me. <laughs> yeah, Where he's just yeah. sluggishly like. Acting like he's got like a whole board up his ass. Like, what is yeah. what is the what is that going on there? What, what what bothers you especially about Doc? What bothers me it was actually one of the bars where I said um, a real coach wouldn't have hard and baiting for calls. If you look at the players, like when Joel and James be on, no disrespect, I love them guys, but when they be reaching for some calls that aren't calls or they're ticky tack calls that's not going to get called in the playoffs, Doc will be arguing with the ref on it. I'm like, bro, why are you condoning this BS? You know, this shit not basketball. Bro. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what drives me crazy. I'm like, boy, you know that's not a foul. We all know that's not a foul. You don't have to support them. Just bring them to the side and be like, bro, play your game. Don't be worrying about that. And instead, he's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, bro, you know. <laughs> that's just a good impression. <laughs> well, you know that's not a foul. Like, Dude, you are... Uh... When when you have the new music, if you would like to have us promote that new music, you are you are now we consider you part of the uh, you're part of the team, whether you like it or uh, not. Now, thank yeah. you, no, absolutely, thank you. You know what I'm saying? I you know, and I can kind of bridge the gap. You know what I mean? Add some diversity, no disrespect. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> some inclusion and diversity to the team, and bring a new community of viewers. You know what I mean? So yes, sir. yeah, you know what I mean? Yes, Go sir. global. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We, we do appreciate that. And, uh, and, uh, like I said, that we'll give you, here's your, your final moment, your final, like, if you could make a plea to Daryl, obviously you had two minutes and three seconds of a plea, but your final plea to Daryl, to Blitzer, to Harris, to Elton Brand, to make the move, even though they've won a couple of games, um, the, the floor is yours. Uh, I feel like after that song, if I have to explain anything else to anybody, <laughs> then y'all wasn't really listening. 
What did I, I say after that? Um, after he did the practice interview, he's like, oh, you know, he said something like, oh, y'all must have not understood what I was saying. Like after that song, like there's no way that I should have to. So that should have been self-explanatory. It was three, two, three minutes. And it was well thought out, man. If I got to explain, if anybody has to explain anything further, then, you know, they got, you know, they got more to work on over there. You know what I'm saying? For <laughs> more, sure. More than just getting them out of there. For sure. Um, well, your your Twitter is at PrezCarter2Zs. The uh, the website is PrezCarter.com. And you still have the your your record from a few years ago uh, is up there first term. But you said you have more music coming um, coming next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, well, recording next week. I'm going to okay. figure out what I'm going to let this do what it does. And, you yeah. know, and then once I feel like I'm ready to put the next stuff out. And then by the way, prescarter.com, let me just plug this in real quick. We got an plug exclusive it. limited edition Doc Rivers tribute t-shirt that's yes. dropping. At, did you see it? I you did, I did, it? I did. I actually yeah. I put it in the notes. CJ, if you would put oh, the doc, we're going to put it up on the screen. The Doc Rivers. Yeah, this shit is tough. It's custom designed by Press Carter himself. Um, Prescarter.com. <laughs> Uh, go get the limited edition Doc Rivers, or I'm sorry, it's Glenn Rivers. Glenn Rivers t-shirt. Glenn Rivers t-shirt, you know what I'm saying? And don't blame me for the shipping costs. Um, That wasn't on me. I made it nice and affordable though. And we in inflation. So I didn't even even add the inflation prices, you know what I'm saying? So Here we go. There it is. The Glenn Rivers t-shirt. I designed it myself. I'm so proud of you, man. (laughs) Yeah, go get the Go get that Glen Rivers tribute T-shirt, man. That's you got sizes small to three XL. You know what I'm saying? Go get there that T-shirt. Go. I'm gonna order one today. I want to wear. I will wear oh, the Glen Rivers I T-shirt. I appreciate the love. I appreciate that. Oh, that's that's love right there. That's yeah. Love. All right, Prez. Uh, appreciate you, man, and thank congratulations you, man. on the appreciate track. Appreciate y'all. No, genuinely, thank you. As a, as you can see, I don't have many followers, so this is this is big for me. So I appreciate y'all bringing me on and you know recognizing the bars. You know what I'm saying? It's about well, LeBron said that the finals is about that time or about time. You know what I'm saying? So that, that, that's how I feel right now. So appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, man. man. Thank you for what you do. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you for your God, service. Have a good one. Go Birds. All go right. Birds. Go Birds. That really is like Prez the, the part of the song where he just goes like, the music stops. He's like, I can't fucking believe this. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like stopping. Like, what? <laughs> Fuck. I can't believe I'm even still doing this. Yeah. The song is still going on. I'm still upset. It touches us, I think, right? Yeah. Um, All right. Um, Thank you, Press Carter. As I mentioned, PressCarter.com, two Zs, Press Carter on Twitter, two Zs. There you go. Um, Body Bio is a, uh, one of our sponsors that just came out with a, a new product that is really important. So Body Bio is a supplement product, a supplement company. I'm, I'm like, you know, people, over the last few years, health, you know, how healthy you are has, has really come into focus and like being healthy, like uh, drugs aside, being healthy, like the things that go into your body from what happens in your gut, what happens in your brain, sleep, all those things, super important. And Body Bio focuses on those things. So they're a supplement company from right here in the area, family owned, family operated, and they have a new product called Gut Plus. A lot of people take probiotics. And they take probiotics because they don't feel 
great, right? They have, they're bloated, they're irregular, all those sorts of things. And the probiotics are fine. Uh, your body actually produces them naturally, not enough of them. But the ones that you're taking are probably not doing anything because there are so many different probiotics, hundreds and hundreds of them. And if you don't have the exact right one for your body, it's not doing anything for you. So in comes Gut Plus, really the only gut supplement you need, which is a no probiotics is a prebiotic and a postbiotic. So what it does is the prebiotic goes into your body and destroys all the bad bacteria. And what that does is it allows your body to make probiotics naturally and lets those flourish in your body. And then the postbiotic from Gut Plus comes in and gets rid of all those symptoms that you're trying to get rid of that the probiotics you're taking for aren't doing. Uh, Gut Plus, just try it. One pill a day, maybe two, if it's an extreme extreme case, try Gut Plus. Go to bodybio.com, bodybio.com and use code RTRS20. You'll get 20% off Gut Plus and everything else in the store. Um, Once again- I I will say I am taking Gut Plus and I'm generally pretty skeptical of- this, you know, the just supplements for supplement sake, but it is working and doing great. And I feel uh, way better. That's great. Body that, fire. That's great. And, you know, I've mentioned Elite. Elite solved the cramping problems that I had yeah. in my feet. And Which my I take for basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing I really appreciate, honestly, about Body Bio and, and having this sort of like connection to our sponsors, like a lot of podcasts you hear, like they, they don't even, they don't know the sponsors. They get sent copy and then that's it. But Body Bio, like we have a relationship with these folks. So Mike from Body Bio will explain yeah. to me and to you, right? You've had conversations yeah. with Mike. He has Mike. a camera in my colon. Yeah. <laughs> They've, you can access it at any time. Actually explain why this works. Um, I've had conversations with them about. So it, it makes me feel much, much better about telling you, the listener, to try it. So gutplusbodybio.com, code RTRS20. Um, before we get to the rest of the pod, I, I, I assume you saw what happened with Isaiah Joe last uh, night? I didn't. I, so I saw what happened. I did not see okay. the minutes that he played. So they basically had given up on the game. I think the game was, uh, I had the score in here somewhere, 95-79, is that what it was? Um, It was 95-79. Isaiah checks in, Isaiah Joe checks in with 4.53 left in the fourth. The Thunder end up winning 117-111 over the Mavericks in overtime. Isaiah Joe finishes at plus 24 in nine minutes and hits a three to send it to overtime. Now, of course, he's barely playing for the Thunder and they threw him in in garbage time and this happened. But this is like, for, but, a te- for yes, for a team that does not have any, like is short on guards, you know, seeing Isaiah Joe have a good moment somewhere else is a, does have a tinge of fear that, um, that maybe we, I know it was the right thing for the salary cap, but maybe we, maybe we cut the wrong guy. Yeah, I mean, or just didn't play him. Yes, before. At all. Like cut in the situation that was here, which was he's going to be the fourteenth guy on the bench, and his contract is cuttable. That made sense to cut him, right. but he's better than he was allowed to show here. He never like seized it for sure, in a way that he apparently just did in Oklahoma City, but. He's good. He's good. He's a movement shooter that can shoot from like very deep and he tries on defense and he's skinny and he, but he's got a little bit of handle. Like there's, there's, there was no reason that he never got more of a shot here. And that's a shame. And he's going to be an NBA player. 
Like him and Charles Bassey absolutely are going to be NBA players for a number of years. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was fine with the Dan- Daniel House signing. He's been bad. He's, he, um, he looks like he stinks. I mean, maybe it's just he's not fitting in or whatever, but he looks like he, he looks terrible, actually. Yeah. I like that they're giving Shake some run. Yep. Um, just having another ball handler that's capable of, of doing something. I think like over the course of the last few years, they've slowly been adding more and more guys that can dribble. So it's not just left to like one person or like no one else can handle anything. Even George Niang last night, who was great. Um, it was just good to see him like attack a closeout and finish with a little floater, that kind of thing. Like just like help helpful things. Um, and so I'm glad that shakes getting run, but, and yeah, there's only, you can only play 10 guys in rotation really during at any given time, but it would have been nice if Isaiah Joe was here and they could be like, Oh, here's movement shooting to open up the offense a little bit. Which they don't have, and clearly Corkmaz is like you know thirteenth guy on on the rotation right now. So it's like, yeah, good for Isaiah Joe. Happy for him. This is not a surprise. Um, that's just the way it goes. Um, the Apple Podcast five star review of the week. Where I actually gave the wrong number last time. The correct number. We were at three thousand three hundred thirty eight five star ratings. When we get to four thousand, I'll read. Um, the next batch of reviews all on one pod that nobody will listen to. This comes from I Want My Breaking Bad from Canada, Apple Podcast five-star review. Awesome pod, perhaps my favorite NBA pod, and I'm a Raptors fan. Not sure how these two associate with Sixers Adam, however. He is deranged. I like that. Yeah. Please leave reviews where you talk about Sixers Adam in a negative light. I would like that. Yeah. I love Sixers Adam, but I will... Although I have to drink some hater juice from time to time. Also, the the idea of him being deranged. Deranged, deranged is, great. is such he a is, funny absolutely. descriptor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Aren't we all? Um, other things about the game before oh, we yeah. move on. Uh, the one doc thing. The, the, rap, the Bulls made their run late in the second quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Last five Embiid, minutes or whatever. Embiid was off. I believe Maxi was off Maxie as was well. Off. The... It drives me insane. One of my longest held... I've been on the internet for a long time, Spike. Mm-hmm. You know that. I've been on the mm-hmm. internet for... I'm, I just turned 33 a couple days ago. Wow. You're older I, than I remember. Yeah. I mean, that keeps yeah. happening. Man. <laughs> um, and I've been on the internet since I was like... Tw- on Sixers internet since like 19 or 20. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. And one of the earlier things that I wrote uh, was stop benching guys when they are in foul trouble just like automatically mm-hmm. yeah there needs to be more thought in it and doc benched maxi for the last five or six minutes of the second quarter with three fouls for no reason at all has maxi ever fouled out of a game do we know cj can you check i if I mean, he has seems impossible le- like less than once or twice and just to be like, hey, we can't, we cannot play him. He has three fouls. We cannot, we simply cannot play him in the second, late in the second quarter. Because I get it on fouls. Embiid, by the way. I get I it. I get it on Embiid. Embiid, Embiid yeah. it's a different story. I'm not saying never bench anyone when they're in foul trouble, but you take them out for a little bit. But Maxi didn't make sense to, and they are losing the lead. They lost a 16, 18 point lead just because like they had. No juice. Obviously, the defense wasn't good at that time, too. I'm not blaming the entire thing on Maxi being on the bench, but 
you just, it, it's, it's this like automatic thinking of like, well, I have to bench him or like the same thing. Like the, the Padres not bringing in Josh Hader to face Harper because it's like, well, he's the ninth inning guy and we can't, we can't have him get five outs. It's like, well, this is the most important out right here. Like it's important to stop this run. And if, and Maxi can defend without fouling or you do it later, it's just like willingly like cutting his minutes so that he can play later. It just, it's, it was insane to me. And, and part of the reason that they lost the lead. And that is, that is like, we struggle a lot. I think sometimes with like, you know, you talk about, do they need the coach to motivate them? Like, do they need the coach to like give them a pep talk? So they're like, I'm going to play hard for this guy. And I think it's a little bit big. CJ said he fouled once, uh, last season. Um, was that last season? No, two seasons ago. It was rookie year. Um, so he definitely didn't no, need to be benched. Oh yeah, yeah, his rookie. Um, yep. We, but like this is a tangible thing for Doc that like he did that is stubborn and without like really extensive cognitive thought, and it almost cost them the game. And it drives me crazy when coaches do that. I agree with you, especially a guard. Especially yeah. a guard. Embiid, you take him out. You don't. You need him at the end. I get it. It's fine. But, yeah. but Maxi, there was just no reason to do it. You take him out for two minutes. Be like, hey, just chill for a second. Know yeah. you're in foul trouble. Come back in. But to not do it because like, you're not. You're out the rest of the half. It's just like it's it's dumb, man. It's dumb shit. And it's it's such like a this is what you do type of decision. But well, you don't have to do it because someone did it in like 1971. Like you can think about stuff. And by the way. Even if you plan on doing it and you're like, hey, let's see if we can survive and we, we're not surviving. For sure. Then, then, is, then you there's bring it back in. some line in, in the, the song about adjustments. Like, yeah. That song is going to be in my for head sure. for fucking the rest for of my sure. life. Oh my and, God. And also, and also just a couple of doc things because of rotation wise. Like Trez has been a little bit better the past couple of games. It couldn't have been worse. Um. I, we he got looks a, cooked, though, man. He looks cooked. I mean, he he is not nearly as explosive as I. Oh remember. yeah, he's he hasn't been explosive for a few years. Okay, he's got like like nice touch around the rim, and if you give him space, he can like go one on one, like that stuff he did with the Clippers, like when he was backing up Zubats and stuff. But it's just there's he's a he's a no jump, a minimal jumper, can't shoot outside of like fifteen feet, rim runner that is not like really a lob threat. Like he has to be like wide open. He's not jumping over anybody no. at this point in his career. He used to be able to. I remember I saw him when he was a when he was a prospect from Louisville at, at DS Nations like eight years ago, and he was like an insane athlete. And he's just he's had to put on weight to become an NBA center, and he is no longer capable of that stuff. And he's not an impactful defender. You know, I hate charges. He takes them, and it's helpful when he does it. But like that a couple can't of big be, ones last night, actually, I had a couple of big ones, of course. Yeah. But I think it's fraudulent, the idea of taking charges as a as a center uh, as often as he does. And it's indicative of the fact that he's not a rim protector. Yeah. Um, need, and I, and I just need less. I like that uh, before the season, I was like, do you even think Doc's going to go to PJ Tucker at center? And now it's like, he's doing it too much. Yep, <laughs> he's doing it too much in the regular yep. season. Like it's, it's helpful. It's helpful in a pinch. We can use it. We will use it in the playoffs. But like, I'm just gonna my my weekly plea to play Paul Reed regular minutes because he's helpful. And then Matisse help helps that a little bit too, obviously just like actions and stuff and deflections. But Paul will be helpful in that as well. And and he's just not doing it. He hates him. Uh, 
I noticed that the lack of, like, it was so clear to me, the lack of leap that Harrell had when he had that dunk where, where Harden, like, basically fed it to him right under the basket. Yeah, and that was I, the and, play I talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah, and I looked at that dunk and I was like, ooh, like, that's like the barely dunking it kind mm-hmm. of dunk, you know, mm-hmm. not the, the, in your head, you see one version of Montrez Harrell dunking it. And For it, sure. It doesn't look like He's that. not at like Amir Johnson yet. No. But... but- <laughs> He's, you know, on the road. Yeah. The Lorenzo Brown mailbag. He's also 6'7", it's important to say. Like, yes. He's, he's yeah. got, he, he has to be jumping higher to yeah. get to the rim. If he's and a he's, center. And he's losing those inches by the, yeah. by the day. Right, Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com or 833-LICKFACE is how you get to the, uh, the mailbag. Man, we have a few good um, voicemails. <sighs> Which one do we start with? Uh, we're talking about Toronto. Let's start with, with this one. Uh, 833 Lickface. Well, hey, guys. Um, I got a question for you. If you could trade our franchise, the Sixers franchise, for the Raptors franchise, so the for the players, the coach, and the GM, would you do that? Thank you. <laughs> the voice is always a surprise. Yeah. Yep. No matter what it is, yep. I'm always... It's always a jarring yeah. someone else's voice, someone else's voice and on the pod. A tone yeah. you don't expect. Yeah. Um I I I love this Raptors team. I am scared of this Raptors team. I think Nick Nurse is a very good coach. I think Masai is obviously good at what he does. I think they're a really good system in there. I love a lot of these players. Ananobi's the man. I like Gary Trent. I like a lot of the bench guys. It's amazing how much better Ananobi has gotten over the years. Like He's just the dynamic offensively. Like I, lo- I love him. Yeah. I love him. He, and and seemingly they've wanted to trade him or at least been rumored to trade him for five years now. And I'm just God, like, he would please be, do it. He would be please p- do it perfect on the Sixers. Holy fuck. I loved um, that guy. I would still say, I would still say no. <sighs> I would not I would not trade the Sixers for the Raptors. Well, I have the emotional we I have the emotional attachment to Embiid and the fact that the current Sixers president of basketball operations comes on the pod, mm-hmm. and I don't think you Jerry would. Well, let's so, give him a chance. Or maybe he'd like to pop on the pod to add to our diversity, like Prez Carter uh, noted. Well, Daryl came on when he wasn't on a Sixers employee, so <laughs> that's actually a good that's point. Totally fine. I, and Scotty Barnes is the man, and I like a lot, I like I really like Delano Banton on the off the bench as such a Mike player. Um, but yeah, I'm actually like not a Van Vliet guy. I, and I think oh, really? he takes he takes a bunch of really really bad shots and he can make them, but like against Sixers he had one point on eleven shots. Like he's just he can get hot, but his decision making is suspect. And he's a good defensive player and he works his, and he tries his ass off and like he's helpful because everybody else on the team is like six nine, um, and you can live with it. But like just not quite a not quite a Van Vliet guy. I think he's, like, he's ultimately not a better player than. Kyle Lowry was in the same role. He's like heat check Kyle Lowry or something, you know, like, yeah. Uh, before we get to the rest of the mailbag, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. I was talking to another Ricky sponsor who was asking me about the personal injury law firm stuff. It's like, how do they buy all these billboards and how do they, and the reason is, is because they're not really even from the area they're not really going to be your lawyer and all they are it's like a not a scheme that's the wrong thing to say but it it's really just a referral service these personal injury lawyers you see so you see a billboard with somebody's face on it you call that number you're not getting that person it's disingenuous cornblow and cornblow is genuous 
K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. Adam Kornblau, Ricky, Ricky guy, reached out to us. His parents started this law firm four decades ago. He now runs it with his mom. And they have had the, his mom's, you know, lawyer, she's not just hanging out. Uh, they have had some of the biggest medical malpractice results in all of Southeastern PA. They will take care of anything. I, having been through a personal injury lawsuit, which was rear-ended by the woman who was on PCP, actually, they take forever a lot of times. They are complicated. There are decisions that you need to lean on your, your lawyer to help you make, and Kornblau, Adam Kornblau will be right by your side as he does it. If you're in PA, if you're in New Jersey, if you're in New York, he can handle and will handle your case. If you call or email, you're going to get Cornblow. You're not going to be shipped off to someone else. And he has been so kind as to help so many of our listeners with non-personal injury cases. He won't like represent you, but will give you very, very, very solid advice. I'm telling you, it means a lot when you see the person's name on the advertisement, you actually get that person. And that is what Cornblow is. It doesn't cost you anything till he gets your results. So, you know, it's free to reach out. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam or email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. Adam Cornblow, the official lawyer of the process. All right. Uh, writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Mark. Basketball question. Spike famously said the Sixers should fire Brett Brown and hire Ime Udoka in the brief period between the COVID lockdown and the start of the bubble. Udoka is currently suspended as coach of the Celtics and the Sixers might soon have an opening at head coach. Let's assume for a second that Udoka would be available to the Sixers right now. Two questions, which I'm including separately because I think they're very distinct questions. Would you be okay with Udoka being the coach of the Sixers, given what he's rumored slash accused to have done? And do you think he'd be a better coach than Doc Rivers? Um, I mean, my opinion is I don't really actually know what happened. It's actually yeah. sort of amazing that it hasn't leaked out. Like there've been obviously drips and drabs, but it's been like unconnected parts of the story, Yeah, which I, I guess what I would say from a, a person perspective is that I would need to know everything, you know, and if I, and, and then you could make the decision. I just find it from a, a we'll get to the coaching thing in a second, but from like a non-coaching perspective, I, I think it, it's almost impossible for me to make that, that call. For sure. I mean, it seems like certainly some, something involving like a abuse of power, uh, and his station as coach of the team and, and stuff. It's a, at but least the is, perception of it, which is a bad decision if you're a coach. Like, even so, if, do so, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's such a such a poor decision-making at the very least. Yeah. I mean, I just, I find it hard to believe that the Celtics would suspend him for a year after they made the championship in his right. first season, unless it was something that they were, like, pretty sure, certain about. Um, Like, yeah, to your point of it not, like, officially fully coming out with, like, details it's surprising that like I, th I figured it would happen the same way that like the josh primo thing came out with the with the spurs waived their oh i didn't see that that had come out what he would yeah well he released yeah. a statement saying okay. like mental health and i've suffered personal trauma in the past and oh uh, i'm, I'm seeing it now it. and Yikes. then and then it came out like the next day that it, he was like exposing himself to multiple women Yikes. in the organization ouch um so but it you know not that, not indicating it's anything similar or anything with Yudoka, but right. it's just surprising that it hasn't come out to officially be reported or anything yet. But well, the, yeah, I mean, he's obviously 
a good coach, but I think with this over him, it's it's a it's a bizarre thing. I, we were both, yeah. I, look, what I would we, we've I would, always wanted like young guy that could give us some juice. Like Prez Carter wanted it. We've always wanted it. It has been like let's get anybody. Doc Doc is so he's so Doug Collins to me in so many ways. Yeah, I hated Doug Collins so much. Well, it's Doc, the, Doc obviously has more talent. Has has had more talent to work with than Doug. Yeah, Doug is just like I'll get you from thirty two wins to thirty eight, and that's a promise. Like, great man, what a fucking useless skill. Honestly, um, I think Doug Collins has more utility than Doc River stuff. It's like if you need a t- if you want to get your team to like is a disaster and clean it all up to get it to be 500 or something like doc or doug collins has shown he's he can do that i don't even know what doc rivers has shown he can do aside from win with four hall of famers did you read the um the jeremy strong profile from a couple months ago on succession he's uh oh no no no, no. there was a there was a long profile i think it might have been in vanity fair or something i'm sorry i'm forgetting but like a long profile it's like a meaningless totally meaningless stuff but there's a long profile of him that's like talk about like how he works mm-hmm. and like what his like you know daniel Day lewis-esque yeah. sort of uh style of acting and taking it seriously is and acting is such like it's so it's so much less important than so many people treat it but uh wow. it is of course it is and he's and it's yeah anyway um but it's it's like other cast members from succession and people around that that have like worked with them whatever talking about him and i would really like that for doc rivers Uh, i would like a full long piece of all the like high level players on those celtics teams and the clippers teams and those magic teams earlier on that have played for him and i would like that piece of like what it was actually like what he does well what is frustrating why people seem to still like playing for him, those kinds of things. Um, I would like a really long, full, <laughs> honest expose about that. Just like an oral history of Doc Rivers from people that are like very recently playing for him. I think that would be illuminating because, yeah, I mean, it, do- it doesn't seem like there's not like, he's not a tactician. There's not like a thing that he does that you're like, that's a classic Doc. Like, it just seems, but guys still seem like to to like to play for him. Um, His signature is blowing three one leads. It's like fam- like famously, yeah, or, or just blowing leads generally. Yeah. Um, so I mean, maybe it's because there's not like a system that he runs that it's like we can always get points out of this. It's more just like let guys do their thing, um, and maybe that's why guys like playing for him. And and it's it's also why when someone goes cold, they don't have like bread and butter stuff they can go to that gets easy looks. The Back to the the question itself, Udoka, I, I have, as a coach, yes, I would take him in a second. I have real questions, again, without knowing the details <clears throat> about his, like, even his, his, like, judgment. Yeah. <laughs> like, like sure. you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, just, I mean, it's, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a stay away. Yeah. Uh, and non-basketball question, what is the saddest song slash movie slash book slash TV show you've ever experienced? I guess you can pick one. The saddest movie I've ever seen, which is one of my favorites, is a ghost story. I think I'm one of very few people who really enjoy that movie, but I love that movie. I 
can't I can't think off the top of my head. I watched this is me putting my writing partner on blast, but I, I tell the story all the time uh, in in the rooms we've been in. I watched. Did you ever see the movie Lion? No. It's uh, Lion. I think it's, no, I'm maybe conflating two movies. Yeah, it's Dev Patel. Okay. Um, and he's like lost and he's trying to find his family and and he's a kid. It's it's an emotional film. Um, Rudy Mars and Nicole Kidman. And uh, ah, Rudy Mars in a ghost story. It's Love and it's Rudy. sad and and like uh, you know uplifting but sad and like traumatic whatever it is. And I'm watching it with him on his couch. This is Pat who's been on the podcast before. Um, and we we're both crying. It's a, it's an emotional movie. But then he starts crying loudly, uh, like loudly crying, ugly crying, and just like is really really in it. And it made me start like. I had to like hold a pillow up to like not to try to like lock it. And so it took it away from me. So I, that's not maybe the saddest thing I've watched, but one of those things where you're just like, uh, yeah, it was, it was funny and we laugh about it now. But, oh, uh, I did see this movie. It's, I saw it's, this a, movie. And it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good but movie. If, yeah. if someone's crying a little too loudly at it, then yeah. it like sucks it back in with me. I was like, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm now thinking about what Pat's getting out of it rather than what I, <laughs> how I'm receiving the movie. My wife in the first 10 minutes of Up, which is very sad, but like the way she cries is like, yeah, yeah. like disgusting, like chill out, you know? Um, I, last one, because I, I feel like we need to end on I'm, this. I cry easy. I cry, I'm a very okay. easy crier. I cried, there was a, a couple Phillies tributes like going into the World Series that like, and if you put Harry Callis in there, like I'm crying. Yeah. Like if you, if you, any Harry voice, I'm like automatically I'm, I'm done. The final voicemail for the the pod eight three three lickface. Here we we go. Hey, Spike and Mike, this is Omar calling in from Dallas. Love the pod, long time nice. listener. Um, just one question, Mike. What the fuck is with this Joel Embiid excuses? I'm a big Embiid fan personally. I, the only reason I follow the Sixers is because of Joel, because I'm not from Philadelphia. But even I can't continue to give them as many excuses as you can. Uh, an excuse so ridiculous in the idea that he doesn't know how to not try. And so he either goes 0% or 100%. Like we haven't watched Joel for the last three years. Literally go like have 50% games. Like it's like. We've watched a lot of Joel games where he doesn't try super hard, especially defensively, and he doesn't look this bad. This is near 0% effort on defense. This is nearly, like, this is the worst I've ever watched him defensively. And trust me, I am only a fan of this team because of him. And so, like, if I can sit here and be like, Joel doesn't try, what is your excuse, Mike? What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I think like I, we have seen it. Like he's, I think his, the way he plays, it's very evident when he is going Zero. less hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when, then sometimes he's going too hard. I feel like I criticize Joel frequently and I don't like it. I don't like how I feel when I do it, but I feel like I, I feel like I do. He's definitely got to be better, but it's also about like, he's had two near MVP seasons and they've fallen apart in the second round both times. So I think, I think he's in his head about how to, both stay healthy and be good. And that's part of like what we get out of it as fans is talking about him, like just like seeing him and feeling his humanity more than anybody else. But like, yeah, he's not, he's, he's for the most, for the first few games, it was like really shitty. 
and needs to find a way to be healthy but less shitty. This that guy was so mad. It's like it was like yeah. a really I love you, but I'm mad at you sort of emotion sure. from Omar is why I wanted sure. to include it. Omar from Dallas. All right, we will. The next time we talk to you will be the the uh, actually at five games of the World Series will have been played. Right, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday will have wow. been played. So it could be over. The World Series could be over. You could be dead by then. I think is possible. If the Phillies sure. win the World Series I at mean, any point, you never know. Between, at any point between pods, I could die. Yeah, and I guess all of us could. Yeah. So who knows? All right. And just a reminder. Yeah. Because we're. Uh, a week from Tuesday, November 8th, is the midterm elections. So just go, you know, look up who your member of Congress is and what, what are, is up for a vote in your area and th- care about the issues that you care about and see what the people that you would vote for would say about them. About those and issues. About yep. those issues. Yep. And give a shit. Yep. So midterm elections, November 8th. And if there's early voting, some places have early voting and drop boxes, et cetera, et cetera. So just a reminder, week from Tuesday. It's important you should do it, and it's fun. And it keeps CJ employed in some way. And it keeps CJ employed. Yeah, so we need to keep, well, I mean, we keep CJ employed too, but that, that one keeps CJ more employed. seven days a week of pods for the way this guy yeah. lives. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We will uh, We'll talk to you Thursday. Go Phils, go Birds, go Sixers, Fire Doc. Oh, and thanks, uh, Prez Carter, for for joining the pod. We And, and I absolutely meant it when there's new music. Um, we absolutely uh, we'll have we'll have Prez back on. Just hit me like I can't fucking I can't fucking believe this. She's still there. She's still there. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the rap. Middle of the rap. He stops to think about that. Are you now with TTP? Yeah, you know, like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't, I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's a plan B. 